Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, elder candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. And if you would like to make a tax-deductible charitable donation oh, to Redeemer we Fellowship, we can't do that. You can send you it to 1120. What are you talking about? You can't do that. Everybody's doing that. No, not you. All the podcasts do that now. No, we're not doing that. Why can't we're we not, do listen, that? Okay. I know why you're doing it. What do you, I don't know what you're talking about. Like you're, I'm trying to help okay. get us supported, I, and no, like everybody's everybody's sending Listen, gifts. All of our listeners have been extremely supportive. You guys have been yeah uh, really caring, and, and this really is a kind. new way they could do it. No, they could send you. charitable, no, tax no. deductible donations. No, now why you, can't they? If they'd like to, they can, but it's oh. not for us. We don't get a cut of that. You don't get a cut of that. I don't get a cut of that. What are you talking about? What I'm trying to say is, don't be like. Some other podcast. Well, all I'm saying is where the, money is funneled through a 501c3. At, at we're a five, aren't we a 501c3? You and I are not. No. 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 You, Do, but Doctrine Devotion is. Doctrine Devotion is for profit. Oh, it's, so it's not a 501c3. No, we are so not. So they a cannot make a tax deductible gift. No. Listen, you guys ask, actually, a number of you have asked, hey, can we make a donation? Like, a, And we're like, we don't. No, we don't. Do we, that. we don't. We're not. Because we're not going to muddle what a, a, what a real charity is you know what i mean like right. we're not going to muddle what Our, the, the church, church is doing church is non-profit charitable organization uh this is not a part of the church and that's it and so we don't want to muddle the the distinction between the two and so, so i will tell you this um uh, some listeners of the podcast you guys have been so kind sent a very generous gift to the church thank you for the much. church not yep. for us not, not for, for the us. podcast not for us and pretty we wouldn't awesome. have a piece of it. Yeah. pretty awesome though i did ask for uh, a 10 percent commission finders fee on and, it, but, but the elders said no no they said no yeah they, they said no unfortunately but either way, very thankful. We have great listeners. Uh, appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. you, bro. <laughs> appreciate you. What about the ladies? <laughs> appreciate you, brah. 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 Bro, brah. It's brah. Isn't it? Is it brah or brah? Bra. It's brah. B-R-U-H. Brah. No, that's brah. That's brah. Yeah. Brah. I, I can't. No, I don't do any of it. You touching my surfboard, brah. <laughs> You even had a dumb I look on your it. face. I know. You had a dumb look on your, like you were a dummy when you said it. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, what's um, what's coming up for us? What's going on? What's uh, what's new? Let's see. Well, we've got uh, the Doctrine Devotion 2017 conference, conference in New Zealand. Yeah, the right conference on the wrong side of the world. Yeah, man. That's actually our tagline now. We yeah. should tell Michael back. All right, change everything. Yeah. It has to say the right conference in the wrong place. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, it, well, I tell you of all the, but it is, we said last time this or recently, it's the best place in the wrong place. Yes. It's the best of the worst. Yeah. So, um, New Zealand, Wellington, Man, I'm really excited. Awesome people. It's gonna be Jimmy's first trip. Yep. My first trip to New Zealand. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, not been. your first trip ever. Yeah. I know my first no. trip to New Zealand. Yeah. It's gonna be first trip to New Zealand. And uh, you're going to love the, you're going to love the coffee, dude. Mm. Oh my gosh. You're going to love the food and the cigars. I'm going to love. No, they don't really. They almost, they almost, they're almost uh, cigars are more rare than Bigfoot. Let me put it that way. All right. Yeah. Okay. You're more likely to see Bigfoot than you are a cigar. So we got to bring our own. Okay. We could bring a box or something like that. No, you're only allowed to bring like uh, so many ounces. Wait, wait. Equals very few. So how how many is it usually? Just tell me what the average is. Uh, Like the honest average of what, when you look at the ounces, how many is that? Two cigars? Three cigars? I don't know. I take what I want. And no, I'm I just, not asking I hope that they question. don't open my That's bag. That's the question I'm asking. I'm asking you is when you did the research and it yeah. said X month. I think X it was like eight ounces. Okay. Eight ounces. Like, how many cigars? I think it's like four cigars. All right. So four, four. That ain't going to be enough. No, no. That'll be. Just throw a bunch in your bag. I just, I just put them in my bag and I declare it and I go, I don't know how many ounces it is. Cause I don't. Yeah. You don't. 
You just throw a bunch in there, don't count it, see what happens. I guess if we bring cheap ones, what are they going? They're going to throw away like yeah, they've never they've never even looked in my bag. All right, either way, you know, and I bring them because I share them with our friends who like don't. Yeah, get yeah, you cigars. share them. I I'm do. Sure. Oh, Joe, you smoke three or four a day. Not so when I'm there. Are, not when you're there. How many do you smoke? When, uh, how many do you smoke? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Two. A day. Okay, so you smoke two a day. Yeah, but I bring enough to share. Yeah, I'm oh, always okay. giving them away. But you give one away? No. Two away? Yeah, as many people who are there. As like, many. Yeah. Okay, last time there was seventy people. So. You no, gave no, 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 away? no, for the hangout time when we're just right, having cigars. I, I anticipate 15 people at a hangout. No, no, no. It'd be like, it'd be like four guys. All right. All right. Yeah. And they got pipes and they got stuff. You know, it's, okay. So they, okay. So other people are doing that. Yeah. So we can bring pipe tobacco then. We can bring some pastor. Only, tobacco. only so many, only so many ounces. But, oh, but that didn't stop you with the cigars, but because no, it's I'm not just telling you, you, I'm just telling so it's you, because it's not for you. You don't care. No, I'm letting you know that you're, you're supposed to just, just, I don't want you getting in trouble. You don't want me. I'm going to tell you this. You I'm and I, let, oh, here's the thing. You and I going through immigration. Okay. One so, of us is going to be asked a few more questions than the other. Yeah, That's I know. All I'm, I'm always the quote unquote random You check. look like a terrorist. I you do not look like a You dangerous with that beard. I do not look. Your dark complexion. No, That no. frowny face you make when you're that, walking through. No, that's just my, that's mm-hmm. my Baptist face. No, yeah. Well, it tell you what, man. It's, it, it, it's a tell that you've got explosives. Joe, strapped you around your waist. You can't say these things. You can't say these things. <laughs> All I'm saying is that Jimmy Flower, Fowler flying to New Zealand mm. in November. Talk much? Bomb. That's you all can't I'm saying. Say that. <laughs> I just say did. those things. I'm just going to be triggered on by the NSA. They're going to pick it up and they're going to uh, watch what happens. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Well, first of all, it's going to happen no matter. Even if you. No, but now that it. I did that. Yeah, good. Now yeah. it's going to be the the other. I'm going to I'm going to shoot the whole thing on our GoPro and then we'll upload it. Oh gosh. Anyways, what are we talking about today, Joe, since you hate me? Um, we got an email from a friend. I'm not going to yeah, say, say who it is, but um, the subject of the email is the sin of profanity. How do I defeat it? Now, listen, um, some of you don't think profanity is a big deal. Yeah. Others of you do. So those of you who don't understand that this guy is really frustrated and struggling with this sin in his life, and I can relate to this. Here's what he says. This is very hard for me to do. The shame that I feel in calling myself a Christian and partaking in the sin of profanity is almost indescribable. Do not want to partake in it, but it has become such a habit that the word leaves my mouth before I truly even process it. The reason this brings me shame is because I now have created a huge wall between me and the person I could have potentially evangelized to. The change they could have seen in me is now replaced by the hypocrisy that would be clearly evident if I even attempted to utter utter the name of my Savior. I understand that sanctification is a work by the Spirit and the Spirit alone. I also understand that God's love for me is not contingent upon my faithfulness to Him, but my love for Him is reflected in my faithfulness. How can I, with the same tongue, honor our Lord one day and deviously curse Him the next? I have remained in prayer, studied scripture, and truly dissected each and every sermon for the truth of his glory, but I still do not conquer this sin. It breaks my heart to know that I am breaking his. This sin conceals the light that I claim to have dwelling in me and makes me wonder if that light is truly dwelling in me. I am truly enslaved by this habit, and it has become the identity of the dead man I claim to have left behind. But why does he appear to still be so alive in me? Brother, um, we, we all know the pain of indwelling sin. Paul knows it in Romans 7. Uh, Jimmy and I know it 24-7. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um, 
we we feel with you and i love that you have such a clear understanding of the gospel and and you understand your own sins and what is plaguing you now let me just say this on the front end when i became a christian in two th- no when was it 1990 i became a christian in 1990 and man i i was i'm not good at a lot of things but i'm really good at cussing I was like, I, I, sailors would call me when I was 10 and ask me for advice on how to be a better cusser, uh, on naval ships. That's how, (laughs) that's how, that's how bad I was. Um, I could offend all my non-Christian friends and their girlfriend. I just was wired that way. I just had a, I was just, I loved to cuss. It was just the way that I talked. So when I became a Christian, it was like, I stopped doing drugs. I didn't take smoke weed anymore. I didn't take speed anymore. I stopped sleeping. I stopped having sex and stop sleeping. I stopped having <laughs> sex um, uh, outside of marriage. So all that stopped right away. This did not stop. And it, it really bothered me just like it bothered you. And I remember telling this girl who told me about Jesus, she led me to the Lord, how frustrated I was that I'd be out there uh, trying to share the gospel and I would also be dropping all kinds of expletives. And it bothered me at the end of the day and I, I, it really was hard for me to stop. And she rejoiced. She said, this is so awesome. And I was like, how is it awesome that I'm swearing mm. in it? And she goes, because it never bothered you before. Mm. And look at it now, you're convicted by this. Like she was really wise in that. So, um, on the one hand, uh, I know what you're talking about, but, uh, and, and Jimmy, you understand, I think, uh, the, the, the frustration that any man has with a particular sin that's, well, I think any person, anybody, it doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. Right. Uh, I think but he's a man. So I'm just, that's I know, what I'm, I'm saying. Just, I'm just, I, I know. You know I, I know you're so super sensitive now. You're all super sensitive about making sure that you're including women in every single potential <laughs> thing that I mentioned. Well, no, it's because I know you and, you know, words mean things and the, and the omission of words mean things. Okay. So it was nothing, nothing intentional. No, yeah, all yeah. the broads know that. Oh, okay. Joe, so no, they know no, that. Joe, what? Joe, Joe, no. What I, I say? I think we all struggle. Okay. We all struggle uh, with this. Uh, and I think more often than not, right? Like, I think it's, you know, when in the email he talked about, uh, you know, one day I'm praising God, the next day, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm cursing or I'm, I'm cursing I'm just, his name. I'm yeah. just not. I feel like that happens to me like, you know, in the same day, right. not the next day. Yeah. <laughs> give, give us an hour. <laughs> I feel like I, I ping pong back and forth all day. Jimmy's playing ping pong with his fingers. Oh, yeah. He says sorry. <laughs> and so I think that's, you know, I, I think we all can attest and I think we all uh, can affirm this struggle that it's right. the struggle is real. So I think the first thing that I would want to say to you, man, is that uh, your hatred for this sin that remains in your life is the mark of real faith. It's yes. a mark of real faith. Absolutely. Christians have this struggle that plague because they know this is a sin for which Christ died. This is a sin that is a blemish on the image of God in me. And so the fact that you are frustrated and struggling is actually a good sign. If you didn't care and you were just throwing up your hands in the air, like you just don't care. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) Then, then there would be a bigger problem. Yeah. But as it is, you're identifying that there is an issue here. And although you say like, I know sanctification is the work of God and all of this, you know, what you also need to understand is that sanctification takes time. Long time. Man, I mean, we've been waiting on Joe for uh, man, years. Uh, yeah, you can keep years. waiting. You can keep waiting. I mean, you're 67 years old. I'm, and 40, so about- I'm 44. I'm turning 45 this year, this month. Are you kidding me? Is it this month? Yeah. Are you really only? Are you really turning forty five? I'm forty. I'm yeah, turning forty five. All the cigar smoke has made me age. Oh, dude, you look like the Crypt Keeper. I know. I know. <laughs> He's got more hair than me. I wish I had the Crypt Keeper's hair. 
Dang, he's thinner, he's better thinner. looking, and has more hair. <laughs> I wish you were the. I wish I could be the. Dang it! I got better teeth than him, but just barely. Um, so barely. It, it, it just takes time, man. And so like, it doesn't just take time. It takes effort as well. But yeah. just know that. I think that's one of the things I would want to say is that um, it's it's not, most sins that we overcome in our lives are overcome over time. I don't know who said it, but somebody one time said it was me. It probably was Jimmy. No, I know it wasn't because here's the metaphor. Here's how I'll explain it. Um, a lot of us like to think that we kill our sin with a bullet. Mm, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I remember that. But you don't. Yeah. You all know how hard it is to choke someone out and choke them to death. It takes time, effort, energy, mm. uh, sustained activity to choke mm. someone to death. Uh, so that's how I know it wasn't you. No, you're, that was me. You're the, you're the, lead, you're was, the most was, nonviolent baby I know. It was a very profound statement that I had. Um, and so you got to choke these sins to death. It takes time. It's, uh, it's hard. And uh, So yeah, the two things you're talking about is one, being encouraged that it's even an issue for you. Right. And two, be patient. Yeah. Like that, but you know, third though, that doesn't mean, and I think you're leading into this, uh, don't be lazy. Right. Right. Like be vigilant. I think, uh, even here I'm looking at, at Psalm 141, mm-hmm. three, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. Right. Right. And so there's, there's this vigilance to it. And then there's this, uh, leaning into pressing into, uh, the power of God. Right. Right. I mean, Paul talks about this. You guys know that passage in Ephesians four twenty nine. Let no corrupting talk come tongue. <laughs> Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, yep. but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm. So we have a we have passages that speak to the value of good language, wholesome speech, holy speech, encouraging speech, and the danger of perverted speech, like Proverbs eight thirteen, right? Yeah. To fear the Lord is the hatred of evil, pride, arrogance, the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. So we we understand these things and we have to give ourselves to them yeah. every day. If you if you have a weak tongue and it's just prone to say whatever you're thinking at the moment, yeah, then unfiltered. I right, live in unfiltered life. Right. You know? So then that means you've got to build the filter and it's yeah. going to take time. It's going to be brick by brick, day by day. And some days you're going to do well, and some days you're not going to do well. Absolutely. Um, but it's going to take time. I mean, it's going yeah, to take effort. James 3, you know, right. 2 to 10, right? For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able mm-hmm. also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder mm-hmm. wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. things. Mm-hmm. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, uh, and set on fire by, by hell. hell. Yeah. Dang. My goodness. I mean, that, is, brother, that is your passage. You yeah. you know this. You feel this. Yeah. And so all this to say a couple of things, right? Be encouraged about the conviction. Mm-hmm. Um, know that it's going to take time. Give yourself to the, oh, no, we got plenty to talk about. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me to wrap it up? No, no. All right, you were making a hand gesture. Yeah, I, I got my it, hand gesture. Don't, why are you calling me out Because I don't know what it means. You're making a hand gesture. I don't know what it means. That means 
whatever it means. Does it mean like do we have plenty of time? Okay, that would that would make more sense. It means we got plenty. You're doing the Arsenio like dog pound. That's what you. I don't know what that is. Well, I was. All right, doesn't matter. Continue. I'm so glad we don't edit. Anyways. All right. But there's another thing that I, that I want to say here that I think is really important in light of your email. You say this. Oh, I know where you're going. Do it. The reason this brings me shame is because I have now created a huge wall between me and the person I could have potentially evangelized yeah. to. The change, they, that point. the change they could have seen in me is now replaced by the hypocrisy that, they would, that would clearly be evident if I attempted to utter the name of my Savior. All right, brother, this is where you are wrong. Absolutely. And your thinking here is dangerous. 130% wrong. You need to actually repent of the way you're thinking here and, and make, this, make a big adjustment because what you're essentially saying is, and I know you don't mean it this way, but what you wind up saying here is that God can't use you to share the gospel with somebody because your sin is bigger than his grace, because your unrighteousness is more powerful than his sovereign work. Um, the truth is that I shared the gospel with a ton of people with a very profane tongue, man. The F-bomb, and like you're like going to F in hell, and, uh, and God is so F in great. Like it was, everything was profanity when yeah. I was a new Christian. That's not going to stop God um, and if you're saying like, well, I sometimes use his name in vain. Listen, here's the point. The point in you, a sinner sharing the gospel is not that like now I am a worthy vehicle to share Jesus with somebody because I no longer use bad words or take God's name in vain. You are worthy of sharing the gospel because you are a sinner who has been saved by God's grace. And what you are highlighting is not how much you have changed, but you are highlighting how big God is, how much he loves a sinner, and even a sinner like you who can't control his tongue. You can be a faithful and effective witness for Jesus as you admit and confess your sin and struggle with it, even as you still commit it. So yeah. I'm, I'm concerned here that, uh, that they're going to see your hypocrisy. It's not hypocrisy if you admit that what you're doing is wrong and don't like it and Absolutely. want to get better. And I think we all struggle with that, right? Sure. So that's why it's not, it's, it's, it's something that I think Joe really hits on there. It's this belief of the inability of God to save. Um, and so I think pressing in, realizing, like I said from the beginning, uh, even just being upset with it is a sign of faith. Right. And so let's talk a little bit about profanity, though. All right. Because he doesn't say what words he's talking about or what it is. But No, no. So I'd like, to, I'd like to talk about a couple things. Number one, what is the Bible really getting at when it talks about wholesome speech and all of that? And, um, and, and how do we deal with the issue of words that are deemed unacceptable or inappropriate? So first, when the scripture talks about, you know, things like, um, oh, like the Ephesians passage that I, corrupting you know, no, talk. no corrupting yeah. talk or, or whatever. Um, uh, I, I think it's important to, to keep in mind that as we read this, the scripture is generally speaking about how we talk, how we use our words. And whether or not we are tearing people down and hurting them yeah. or speaking lies or blasphemy and uh, that or on one end, or if we are honoring God and honoring others with our words, building people up and telling the truth. Um, I, I'm not saying that bad words don't matter. I think bad words matter because they be, bad words are essentially culturally determined. And um, because there's there's nothing magical about arranging letters in a particular order that makes a word wrong. Um, but like the word ass, 
um, you know, yeah, the donkey, right? Ass was a great word for a long time, uh, and it just referred to a donkey, ass, jackass, and then you could even refer to somebody as an ass, and it wasn't taboo. It like meant you were being stubborn and foolish. But now, if you say ass, it, people think butt. <laughs> for whatever yeah, reason, for whatever it's reason, like, yeah. what the heck? How did it change to butt? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, the the word itself doesn't carry any in, uh, inherent weight to it, but it is culturally determined. And so, we know, like the f word, the c word, the s word. These are words that are generally seen to be culturally offensive. They're, yeah. they're deemed to be generally offensive in our culture, uh, at least for for mass consumption, public consumption. At the very least, we have to see that. So um, when we're looking at, at the course language, number one, let's be very careful about what we are saying first, yeah. then how we are saying it, and then third, to whom and where we are saying it. All right, so you're saying context plays a part in whether or not it's unwholesome talk. The, 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 the context, now listen, some people are going to take issue with this. They're not going to like this. All but right. I think that the final piece of that puzzle is context. I use different words when I'm talking to my wife than I do when I'm talking to my children. And uh, I tell diff- I use different words when I'm talking with uh, a guy who's in trouble, in sin, um, than I do talking to a woman who's visiting our church for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to use different words, temperament, uh, analogies in different contexts. The words that, if you're having, tr- if you're having trouble with this, think about it this way. The words that a husband and wife might say to one another in the marriage bed when they're having happy time. Yeah. When they, when they have the chill, the chill after the Netflix. Netflix, Yeah. Um, Those are words and phrases and things say, they're going to be saying things there that they would never say uh, while they're teaching Sunday school. No, no. Or to anybody else, you know? Right. So context does have some determining factor on the words that you use in some contexts, uh, the words will be appropriate and fair and that are not dishonoring to anyone. And in another tech context, they might be inappropriate. Uh, they might be so far out of context that they are truly offensive to people. So I would, I would keep that in mind, not to excuse impure speech, yeah. but to have a better understanding of how words are supposed to be used. So again, uh, I, I guess I would want to say, as you're looking at your language, I would look at it holistically. Mm. Um, there, there are certain words that I just don't say, right? Um, and then there are some words that I might say, depending uh, on the context. Depending on context, and and that's okay. I don't I don't really have a problem with that. I'm pretty open about that. Um, you know, I, I I do speak differently from the pulpit than I do when I'm counseling somebody and it's not necessarily that I'm using a bunch of different words, but the context is different enough. So it warrants a different tone, yeah. tempo, things like that. Um, and definitely when, and, and it might include some, some different words because if I know the couple, I know where they're at, I can use these words. I know they're going to understand. Whereas from the pulpit, I might not use certain words because they're going to be on uh, non-understandable or because they'll be too distracting for the people I'm trying to preach to. Whereas with a couple, I know them, this word won't be distracting at all. It's mm-hmm. going to help them get the point. So look at it in a holistic sense. What are the words that I'm using? But first focus on what am I saying? Because listen, you might not say the bad word, but if your attitude and your heart and your anger are the same, you're still in sin. Yeah. So focus on what you're saying and why you're saying it first. 
what you're saying, if you can focus on what you're saying and why you're saying it, most of the language is going to take care of itself. And where it doesn't, then you'll have an easier time addressing it. So whether it's, you know, what am I saying? Well, I'm saying something bad about this person. Why are you saying it? Because I'm jealous. All right. So we know where you need to repent. Yeah. We know what the problem is. So then you begin to repent of that sin and suddenly the words are no longer even in existence. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're like, maybe you're telling really, uh, maybe you're say, saying things that are hurtful to uh, a person. Uh, you think it's a funny joke, but you're actually wind up hurting this person next to you. Well, why are you doing it? Well, because I want to be accepted by this group. Yeah. And I think like, whatever it is, what are you saying? Why are you saying it? Then address the language. Then you're able to see it better in the, in the various contexts that you're going to be in. Absolutely. And I think context is important. I, I know that, uh, we had discussed, um, I talked at our CG leaders fellowship, um, like about our community group, like this feeling of, you know, like I felt convicted of that while maybe what I would say with some of the guys, um, was okay doing it in mixed company. I was like, I, I felt like we were just crossing a line. It was nothing profane or anything like that, but it just felt like, uh, not coarse joking, but just on the edge joking mm -hmm. was just too far um, for that situation. So that um, Joe, what about like when we talk, we've been discussing a lot about uh, what not to say, right. Mm -hmm. And what not to say and what context uh, to not be saying certain things in, but then what about uh, what should we, how should we be speaking to one another? And I think that is really important. Uh, because it's easy to focus on, well, I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to yeah. do that. But really the, 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 the preponderance of verses in scripture are telling you what to say. Yeah. Like, like Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are like a honeycomb, yeah. sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Right. Um, it, you guys, you guys know that you guys, you guys have experienced that. I um, haven't because I'm best friends with Joe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I Joe it. is not really one of these, you know, I'm going to sit here. I, why do I got to pat you on the back? Yeah, I, I, I ain't doing that. Um, but seriously, think about that. You know, gracious words mm -hmm. are health to the body. Um, when you are hurting, when you are down, words that are gracious, words that carry with it the truth of God for your soul, words that are kind, um, lift up your head. Yeah. They, they make a difference. Um, uh, Colossians three seventeen. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. So everything that you're saying has to be reflective of who you are in Christ. Um, you're, you're speaking the truth in love. Like, are you telling the truth? So what what are the things that we're supposed to be doing? We're supposed to be telling the truth first yep. of all. Uh, with our words, we defend those who need it. Yep. Um, we show kindness and compassion to those who need it. Yep. Uh, Listen, we should be encouraging, like we're supposed to exhort one another day after day, as long as it is still called today. Um, that means sharing the word in an encouraging way. Um, I, I think when we look at the things that we're supposed to do, what we're saying is, is I want to create around me a culture of encouragement yes. right, through my words. I want people after they leave time with me to feel like, wow, I, for most people, I, I'm so glad I had that conversation with them. I'm I'm more equipped now, or I've got a better insight, or I'm I'm lifted up. Or sometimes they're going to have to go away feeling like, wow, I I feel like garbage right now because he just helped me to see the problem in mm -hmm. my life, and now yeah. what am I going to do? So I I think our words need to either be encouraging or convicting or both, 
And you know, you're looking for the betterment of the people around you. Sometimes, yeah, how do you help them flourish? Right. Sometimes it's just you just need to make them laugh, man. Just there's a there's a total place for that. We need to talk about joy, and uh, and because here's here's I think here's what I want to say. Podcast idea. All right, go. Want us to talk about enjoying God, the things of God, and the gifts of God. That's what I want to talk about. We'll do we'll mm. do a, a podcast episode, or maybe we'll do a Pastors and Cars doing on that. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll do something. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, that, that's that's how I think about it when I'm kind of looking at what should my words be doing. And like like the brother that emailed in, um, there is no one who doesn't struggle with their time, yeah. or at least v- there's very few who don't struggle. I know that there are guys that have a real tight rein on their time. Yeah, they're very praise God for them, but yeah, I ain't one of them. They're awesome, and so yeah, we tend to speak, and even if like. I might think that I have a tight rein on my tongue because I won't say the wrong thing, but then my wife will point out, it's not what you said. Mm. It's how you said it. Oh, it's how you said it. It's how you said it. Did you hear how you said that? I'm like, no, I just said it. She even brought that up last night. No, she did it. Yeah, she did. What'd she say? I don't want to give the exact example. Oh, why not? Because I don't want to embarrass you. Yeah, it doesn't embarrass it was, me. I didn't you guys say were anything. You were arguing about something. You were arguing. It was about uh, multiplication of CGs. Oh, yeah. And then at some point. Oh, she was like, I said, I don't know. You were just saying something. You I was too on. harsh. You were, it's like, it's like what you said. It's how you say it. Yeah. That sounds like Joe. That is Joe. I don't know what you're talking about. It, but uh, apparently, oh. I don't say things the right way. Oh, we For all, all these know super that. sensitive people like Jimmy and my wife. What are you talking about? I'm just saying, <laughs> just, you know. No, but that's the point. Like, more respectful. That's all. Absolutely, absolutely. Treat people with dignity, Joe. I'm trying. I'm I trying. know. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts and let Joe know that he needs to treat us with dignity. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can Hashtag have Jimmy is too sensitive. We can have over the website DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us, sign up for their email blast, hit up the store, grab some merchandise. Fresh Pod every Monday and Thursday. Blog posts on Wednesdays. Videos on Fridays. Fridays. Later. Later.